0: All righty. Sorry, I was uh, organizing children on the front (laughs) row frantically to be able to come up here. But first of all, I just want to—I just want to pray. Lord, we love you so much, and we thank you, God, that you are here in our midst. Your word says, "Where two or three are gathered in your name, you are there in our midst." So, Lord, we are here, and we are here because of you. We are here because you are our God and our King, and we love you. And we've come today to gather in unity and to worship you. So we pray, Lord, that you would please speak to our hearts. Would you please uh, speak your truth to our hearts from your word? May we be edified and may we take your word and go forth and do what you've called us to do, we pray. To you be all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, you know, it's such a blessing and and a privilege to bring the word. And it's something I don't take lightly. I actually get extremely nervous before I speak. But because it's a great responsibility when we bring the word of God, it's, this isn't just, oh, let's just say whatever we want. No, this is the most important thing on the whole earth. And so I am truly privileged and honored to be able to bring the word today. And I'm I'm blessed to be under my husband's covering and to be up here and to be able to speak. So thank you, Dave. And I'm just going to get into it. So let's think of this as part three, part three of this series on how, how did we say this? Doing, God fellowship the way God intended. All right? This, this is a three-part series. Doing, relationships, fellowshipping the way God intended. And this is a two-point sermon. So that's really easy. <laughs> Two points. That's all you've got to remember. I don't retain a lot of point form information. So I thought, let's just make this really simple. And uh, my first point is going to be quite similar to one of the, the points David talked about when he said... That there is strength in numbers. Point number one for today's sermon is why we need to do fellowship God's way. Why? Because there's safety in numbers. Yeah. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9, it's gonna come up on the screen. Love this picture. I've actually asked Sonny if he can just sort of leave these up in between scriptures because I feel like these pictures really help to, you know, to take across what I'm trying to say. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 For a triple braided cord is not easily broken. I wanted to get a photo of the three musketeers, but I ran out of time. So, you know, back to back with our sword fighting. I've got this side, you've got this side. And a third one, isn't that amazing? A group together, we are stronger and safer together. John chapter 10 verse 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come so that they may have life and may have it abundantly. It's easy for the lion or the predator to get the creature who's off on their own. That They're the easiest ones to grab. When they're not in the safety of the herd or in the safety of the flock exactly, together, exactly right. they, they can be snatched. They don't even have to work hard to get that one because he's off there on his own. Yeah. God never intended us to do this life alone. Yes, that's right. The enemy knows we're vulnerable when we isolate ourselves. I've had times, sorry, I'm skipping this up. I've had times where I have deliberately isolated myself. Maybe I've been going through something or, you know, different seasons of my life that I have deliberately been alone. It's not a good place to be. No. We're not meant to be in our own little silos. I understand having personal space and time away. That's something completely different and absolutely that's important. But I'm talking about when we disconnect. Disconnect. When we're just like, you know what, I don't want to be part of this anymore. I'm just not up for this. I'm just going to go off on my own, do my own journey all by myself. I'm a self-made person. That's not how we're created to be. And being alone doesn't mean being by yourself. Because we can be single, we can be married, we can have families, we can have an abundance of children around us and still be alone. Because it is a heart. Decision. It's in your heart and it's in your mind. I am not very often by myself. I wouldn't mind some more alone time <laughs> if I'm completely honest. But I have found, even with the kids all around me, I've said to Dave, when I know in my heart I've just disconnected a little bit, Dave, I'm, I'm feeling really lonely. I actually feel quite lonely. Even though I've got noise and people around me, I'm still lonely. God never made us to walk alone. He created us for unity, first of all with him, that's the most important, but then with others, with the body of Christ. So whether we're single, married or have families, we are supposed to be connected with other Christians. We are supposed to be connected to the body of Christ. Accountability is a word that we don't hear all that often, Mm. but it's so important. We don't hear it really outside of the church either. But in our Christian faith, It probably deserves its own sermon, probably needs its own series, actually, because there's so much to it. But accountability is very important. I just want to very briefly touch on it. James chapter 5 verse 13 says, Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. And by the way... We are looking forward to being able to do that again soon. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. What does it mean to confess our sins to one another? That doesn't sound very... uh, inviting (laughs) i don't exactly want to stand up here and confess my sins to all of you and that's actually not what it means Uh, this would not be the the scenario to do that in but to confess your sins to an elder to somebody who is trusted and mature in the faith that's being accountable to them because who knows here none of us are perfect and all of us will continue even if we don't want to to sin from time to time. Until we are with the Lord Jesus in heaven, we will stuff it up and we will sin. But having somebody you are accountable to, it's like switching a light on in a dark room. And it's like saying, look, here it is. God, it's before you and this person's here to help me and we're going to work through this. And Lord, you're going to continue to sanctify me until I see you face to face. That's what accountability is. And it's so, so important. As I said, the church... This big congregation, it's not the setting to do it. But a small group or with a, with a person that you really trust, that may be a safer opportunity to be able to talk through some of those issues. That's why we're very excited for Connect, just one of the many reasons. Yes. There was one point a long time ago when Dave and I were going through a really hard time, a really tough time. We had a whole bunch of stuff going on bunch of health issues. I had health issues. One of our kids was really unwell and it was an ongoing thing. And we just, we disconnected. In that time, we felt so stressed and so upset by everything we were going through. We disconnected from the church. And if anything, I actually felt ashamed and embarrassed to reach out because I felt like I'm supposed to have this together. I'm supposed to have this figured out. People come to me. People come to me and ask for prayer. Like I'm meant to be the one that's that has the answers, and yet here I am suffering. And because of my own pride, I just held back. The pressure that started to build in our marriage was horrible. It became so heavy. It honestly felt like we were about to implode in our marriage because it was just Dave and me suffering together and not reaching out and not asking for help. Finally, I think it was Dave that said, I'm making the call, I'm getting help. We reached out to a mature, trusted elder in the church, not just anybody. That's very important. We don't just go and spill all our personal information to anybody. That's not wise. And Jesus, the Lord teaches us wisdom. But a good, trusted, mature person, elder in the church, we reached out to them. And like I said before, it honestly was like walking into a pitch black room, turning on the light and going, there's your problem. Yeah. There it is. You need to fix it. Yeah. But because the light's on, I can actually see it now. And it's not as big and as scary as I thought. Because once things are hidden, yes. they're so much worse. But suddenly we put the light on. And we're like, okay, Lord, we're going to deal with this now. Yeah. Good job. So accountability, it's like a safety net that stops us from wandering off on our own. Just like on the other screen. that I don't know what animal that is. (laughs) I was trying to tell. It's not a goat. I can't tell. But whatever that animal is that wandered off on its own, when we're not accountable to people and when we get caught in the trap of our own sin and we stay there, the enemy can get us. But when we're accountable, it's like, no, I'm switching on the light. I'm not alone in this. I'm not wandering off. I'm not disconnecting. I'm safe. I'm safe in the Lord and I'm safe in the body of Christ. Amen. Yes, amen. Anyway, there's so much more we could talk about, but I think that will be for another time. I want to talk about, for a second, Connect Groups. I just want to go back there for a minute. And I'm going to get more into detail about this in a moment, that I understand Connect Groups are not for everyone. Totally fine, totally get it. But they are for some people. And I just want to give a little bit of a personal testimony as to how they have helped me. So... For long periods of time with young kids, there's been quite a few times where I have just not been able to come to church, especially in the winter months. And I think there was one time I was three months between services and I could not believe it. I felt like I was in a dry desert land, but I could not get to church and there was nothing I could do about it. And I was missing the services and missing the services. But because I was part of a connect group, I was part of a connect group of other mums in similar situations. I didn't feel alone in that season of my life because I still had godly women who were reaching out to me, texting me, checking up on me, praying for me, even when I couldn't come to the connect group they were praying for me and my family in that time. And, you know, you can feel the difference of when you are completely disconnected. Like, when we just come to church and that's it, That's it for your whole week. We're not talking to anyone or reaching out to anybody throughout the week. When you go through a crisis, you can feel the difference. It's like, oh, this is a lot harder. But when you've got people who've got your back and who are in your corner, it just helps so much. Okay. Another blessing of staying connected in the body of Christ. And we can do this through connect groups and we can do this in other ways too, which I'm going to share in a minute is that we can sharpen each other. Proverbs 27, verse 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Have you ever heard something getting sharpened? It's not a good sound. Dave does a pretty good... Um, what's the word? Uh, impersonation. impersonation of something getting sharpened. It's awful. It's a, I'm not going to try it's not a pleasant sound when something is becoming sharpened, and there's sparks flying everywhere and it doesn't necessarily look pretty at the time or sound pretty, but the end result is a smooth, beautiful, sharp blade that can do its job, that does its purpose. I have a Christian friend, a very good Christian friend, who on all the orthodox Christian things that we need to believe in the Bible to be... A Christian, we agree. We agree on all the main important things. But then there's some things in the Bible that are open to interpretation. We see differently on some of those topics. And let me tell you, some of the best conversations I've ever had with a Christian have been with her. Yeah. We don't agree. I challenge her. She challenges me. I'm, I have to question, why do I believe this? And I have to bring it before the Lord. Lord, do I have this right? Yeah. Do you need to reveal something to me, Holy Spirit, for your word? And same for her. Sometimes she's come to me with no joke. It says this, and I'm like, but really? Are you sure? Have you compared that to this scripture over here and this scripture over here? And she's had to take it to the Lord. And we have both stretched and grown. And at the time, it hasn't necessarily felt... We've never been arguing. We've always loved each other. We've done it through love and sisterly love for each other. But we've sharpened each other. And both of us have walked away feeling stronger. And more confident in our walk with the Lord. That happens with the body of Christ. And I want to make it really clear that it's okay in these small group settings to, maybe you've got a part of the Bible you don't quite understand. Maybe you heard something on a Sunday that you wanted to go deeper in and we just couldn't go there on a Sunday. That's what it's for, to sit there and to stretch and to grow and to challenge in love, to grow together, to sharpen each other. And it's a wonderful thing. Are you still with me? Amen, yeah. Okay. We are not made to be alone. Like Dave said before, God did not make Adam alone. It's not good for men to be alone. He made Eve. Jesus did not send out his disciples alone when they first started their ministry. He didn't send them out one by one. He sent them out together in yeah. pairs because he knew they would need each other. Yeah, that's right. God is enough for us, but he also created us for each other. We are his creation for each other. And so we rely and we lean on each other. Just another quick example of when a connect group has helped me. Going way back, way back before kids, the days before kids, I worked in a very, very secular office, extremely secular. I think I was the only Christian in the entire company. (laughs) At least that's what it felt like. And I remember, you know, working in these, I'm sure a lot of you can relate, working in these uh, workplaces where gossip, swearing, putting people down, making fun of people, all of this is the norm. And anything outside of that is not normal. And I would try, I would try, I was a young, young, you know, early 20s at this point, but I would try so hard, Lord, let me live out my walk with you, let me live out my faith. But sometimes I didn't. Sometimes I just succumbed to the pressure. Oh, and I'd start gossiping, or I, you know, and I'm like, Lord, forgive me, and I'm on this journey with you, Lord. Help me, God, help me to get better. And I'd go to Connect Group, and I'd be around other women my age that were also going through similar things. And we'd pray for each other, and we could support each other. And then I'd go back to the workplace. And by the grace of God... I'm happy to say, I mean, I didn't get it perfect all the time, but for the most part, I really did live out my Christian faith. And it did ostracise me. And it did put me in a position where I stood out like a sore thumb. I didn't want to. I was trying to be as kind and as pleasant as I possibly could. But by me not laughing at the dirty joke, or by me not participating in gossiping about that person over there, suddenly people would turn on me. And I wasn't the cool one. And it got to the point that when it was my goodbye lunch, nobody showed up. (laughs) Nobody even wanted to say goodbye because they didn't like me all that much because I wouldn't be part of their culture. And those times felt so lonely when I was in the workplace. I felt lonely, but not lonely disconnected from the body of Christ. I guess lonely from these other... You know, you don't want to be the one that's left out. Nobody does, really, right? right. right. But knowing that I had that connection with my sisters in the Lord, knowing that I had people who understood what I was going through, I remember the clear distinction that I felt in the office. I remember feeling, for these people, this is their life. They literally live for this. This Monday to Friday, this social hierarchy, this thing that they've around them, yeah. this is their life. Yeah, yeah. But then they go home and they have nobody to show off to. Yeah. They've got to lay their head on a pillow at night and they've got to have peace. And on the weekends they get drunk because that's all they had to do. That's what fulfilled them at the time. And then they come back and live again. But for me, being in the family of God, yeah, come I would on. finish work at 5 o'clock. Okay, Lord, thank you. It's just a job. I'm doing my best while I'm here, trying to be a light for you. But my life starts outside of this job. I've got family out there. I've got friends. I've got the family of God I'm connected to. I couldn't wait to get to connect. I couldn't wait to get to youth group. I couldn't wait to get to church and to fellowship because coming together with other believers was so edifying and strengthening that I could go and face those people Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Amen. I don't know if anyone can relate to that, but it's something that I went through, and I wanted to share that. So, we understand that not everyone can join a Connect Group. We want to make it available to you because we honestly believe it will bless you in so many ways. But we do understand that it's not for everyone and it's not possible. So that's why we have point two. Are you ready for point two? Point one. Point one was their safety in numbers. Okay? (laughs) Point two. Why should we do fellowship the way God intended? because we are called to contribute to the body of Christ. Romans chapter 12, verse 4, and I'm going to read quite a bit here, but it was also good I could not leave any of it out. So let's just, if you can't see the text, just look at the beautiful picture and listen. (laughs) Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many members of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. Yeah, that's right. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honouring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Exclamation mark. I don't know if you can see that, but I love that. Don't think you know it all. We don't know it all. That's right. I sometimes act like a know-it-all, but I'm not a know-it-all. I am very aware that I don't know it all, and neither do you. None of us know it all. Only God does. But that's why we need each other. That's why we rely on each other, because all of us know something. (laughs) And we can come together around the Word of God and contribute what we have and contribute our gifts. So how can we contribute our gifts to the body of Christ? Serving. Serving. Serving the body of Christ, sowing your gifts into one another, particularly in the church. It's a great place to start. The unity in working and serving together in the church for God's glory yes. is edifying yes. and it's also a lot of fun. Very good. In our church, we are very blessed with so many teams, so many amazing people. One of the things that really stood out to Dave and I when we first joined this church was just how faithful and giving of their time people are in this church. When you come on a Sunday morning, this service doesn't just happen because of one person. This service has been put together because of a lot of people's time and sacrifice and giving, but they do it unto the Lord, which is a wonderful thing. Praise the Lord. We've got our worship team, we've got our production team, we've got our hospitality team, we've got a service team, we've got a women's ministry team, a men's ministry team, we've got a counting team, we've got What else do we have, Dave? We've got... Children's team! Oh, my goodness! How could I not remember? (laughs) Youth team! We've got so many teams. We've even got a security team that will be up and running pretty soon. We've got so many areas and avenues that we can all contribute. And it's wonderful if you would like to be a part of it, if you would like to serve and contribute, I would welcome that. Dave and I would welcome that so much because if all of us just do something little... It really makes the whole thing easier for everyone. And it's a blessing to all of us. I'm just going to see what I'm up to here because I typed way too much. Uh, mm -hmm. Okay. So people who do serve, and there are many people in this church who serve, they also need the blessing of receiving in the service. And... I don't know, I'm probably going to get my statistics wrong, but I'm pretty sure that there was a study done among many, 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 many many churches and it was something like 20% of people do 80% of the work. I'm pretty sure it was something like that. 20% of the church does 80% of what it takes to bring a service together. And I just want to challenge us as a church because we're people of God here. There's definitely a very strong 20% in this church that really gives up their time. I'm just wondering, if you're here today and you're not already, you're not already serving, if you would be willing to put your hand up, not now, don't put your hand up now, but in your heart, you know, maybe I could contribute something, even if it was once a term or once a month. If you're you're a parent and you've got kids in the kids' church, once a term, I can put my hand up to, to go out there and be an assistant so one of the other workers can come in here and enjoy the service. You know, thinking of each other, preferring each other, honouring each other. This is what we need to do as a church. This is what we need to do as a family. It's really like a potluck dinner. I have to think in food terms and meal terms. So I feed seven people every single day. But just like this all-in service that we had, we all brought something to contribute. If all of us can just bring one thing, it doesn't have to be the main thing, just one thing. Many hands make light work. If we can all bring something, then we have a feast that we can partake of together. Some of us are going to bring a main dish. Some of us might bring a dessert. Some of us might bring a drink. Some of us might want to help pack up. That's totally fine, but we can all do something. We've all been gifted with something. We all benefit from the table. Oh, I just want to say very quickly, this might not be your main dish season. And that's totally fine. (laughs) I've had a lot of, not my main dish season, had at least five, I can tell you about. That, you know what? Life is so busy for me right now, I cannot, I cannot, you know, be on a regular thing or, well, that's fine, guys, it's fine. But we've all got something. Even if you join the prayer team, which I'm not not saying that's not important, but I'm saying if it's something you can do in your own home, in your own time, you're going to be praying for needs, there's something that we can all be doing to contribute together. We all benefit from the table. But we don't just benefit, others benefit too. Because who knows, we are part of the biggest invitation party in the world. We've got the best invites. (laughs) We are inviting people to the Lord's table. When we put on a service, this is number one, to glorify God. Number two, to edify the church. But number three, it's a place to bring people to meet our Lord. We're inviting them to the table. If you can think of a Sunday service like a Sunday potluck dinner, we are inviting our our friends and our family to come to dinner. We're called to do God's will on this earth. I know that we've got a giant feast awaiting us in heaven, which I am super excited about. like really excited, really excited about that feast. But we also have feasts here. We are to do God's will on the earth, as it is in heaven. So until we get there one day, we're meant to act it out here. We're meant to bring heaven here. We're meant to live out our godly walk and prepare that feast for people to come and to meet the Lord. Revelations 22, verse 17. The spirit and the bride say, come. Let anyone who hears this say, come. Let anyone who is thirsty, come. Let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life, let them come. That's our job. Come. We'll come to what? We'll come to know the Lord. And sometimes we're going to be able to lead people to the Lord face to face. I think that's happened to me one time in my entire life. <laughs> but usually it's, hey, we've got a great event happening at church. Or hey, I've got quite, I'm part of a connect group. Maybe people don't want to come to church because it's a bit intimidating. It's not intimidating, but to them it might seem intimidating. Hey, we meet with some friends on a Wednesday night. We just have some fellowship and we just chat about stuff. It's a a great way to learn about God. Would you be interested in coming? We are inviting people. Come and drink of the Lord. Come and have the living water so that you never thirst again. But it takes people to do that. We are the body of Christ on the earth. We are literally his hands and his feet. We are his body on the earth. And we have a responsibility. But it's not a one-person job. On a Sunday, it takes everybody. So I'm just really trying to give us all a real encouragement. See, this is a positive thing, that we can, there's some of us who can do more, for sure. There's some of us who can. And I understand there's some of us who can't. But for those who can, I would really ask that maybe you would consider, prayerfully consider, Lord, what could I do? What could I do to participate in this feast? Amen. I want to just finish my last point with this, in that when we're sitting down at a family dinner, I don't know if any of you have ever experienced this, but I certainly have, sometimes we can have awkward moments. Has anyone experienced this? Yeah. Family setting, family dinner, somebody says something. <laughs> I've said something. Sorry, mom. You know, whatever it is that I've done, and suddenly there's tension. There's tension at the table. Those are very uncomfortable situations to be in. When we're part of a family, we all know that sometimes we have conflict. Where there's people, there's problems. Because only God is perfect. One day we'll be in heaven, we won't have these problems. But here on the earth, we've still got to work through them. And so I just want to encourage everyone, myself included, to always have bucket loads of grace and forgiveness. Ready to give to each other. Especially for us, you start going to connect groups and seeing people throughout the week, you're going to form relationships. You're going to get to know each other better. And that's a wonderful thing. But let it be your response, like almost like your reaction to have forgiveness and grace. Because you're not always going to agree with what the person across from you says. That's okay. We don't have to. We agree on the main things, right? But if we do everything with love for each other, we've got that grace and forgiveness. Dave and I have been part of church from, what's, what's the same Set dot point, what's that saying? I don't know, put it this way. I was born on a Friday and I was in church on a Sunday. Okay, so it was like my mum was hardcore. And Dave was pretty much the same. We have been in church forever and we have seen it all. And I'm not saying that in a prideful way. I'm saying we have literally seen everything you can see in church. All the very good things. All the very bad things that have happened in church as well. And we have been in situations where we've been hurt by people, whether intentionally or unintentionally. We've found ourselves on the receiving end of an offence or of, an, of a hurt. And we've had to learn to walk with grace yes. and forgiveness. And do you know why we have to do that? Because we have also hurt people. Correct. Very, I've never intentionally hurt someone or... Maybe maybe a couple of people, all right? But all right. for the most part, I've never intentionally gone out of my way to say something hurtful to someone, and yet I have hurt people in the church setting because we're human. And I need their grace, and I need their forgiveness. And so I just want to give us, as the, as the church family, a fresh reminder. Be ready to forgive. Be ready to have grace. Be ready to work through your, your problems together. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32 says... Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. And Romans chapter 15, verse 5 says, May God, who gives this patience and encouragement, help you live in complete harmony with each other, as it is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. Then all of you can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, accept each other, just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given glory. At the end of the day, that's what it's all about. We want to give God glory. How will people know the love of God? How will they see the power of God? Through our love for each other. Isn't that amazing? If we can learn to all get along (laughs) and have grace and forgiveness, and Dave touched on that too when he was speaking, that we've got kingdom culture here. You know, often Dave comes from a Polish background I'm a bit of a wild American background in my family and sometimes we've had culture wars, culture cl- clashes and sometimes we've just had to say, you know what, at the end of the day it's not about being Polish or American, yes. it's about being children of God. Exactly right. We have kingdom culture in this family. Amen. This church has got, we're so blessed with so many beautiful nationalities and cultures. And that's wonderful. I love culture. I love, you know, diversity of nations. It's just such a beautiful thing. But at the end of the day, it comes down to God's glory, living by his word, living with kingdom culture, being ready to love and forgive, being ready to encourage each other. These are kingdom culture aspects we need in our life. Amen? So in closing, I just want to summarise. Again, it's only two points really easy to remember. Why it is important to stay connected, stay connected to the body of Christ and to do fellowship God's way. Number 1, there's safety in numbers. We're not created to do life alone. Accountability and connection keeps us sharp and healthy in our faith all throughout our lives. And number 2, we are called and supposed to contribute to the body of Christ. Each of us has something we can bring to the table, whether big or small. We are blessed to be a blessing. Amen. And being part of God's family doesn't come without its own problems. Only God is perfect. We're going to stuff it up. So we need lots of grace, lots of forgiveness for one another. Be ready to forgive because we have all been forgiven by Jesus. Amen? Amen. I'd like to invite David.